1: Welcome back Another edition of the Limited Upside Podcast It is a Monday And it is the day Before the NBA season And because I measure The calendar Based on what day The NBA season starts And go back from there I know it is one day Before the NBA season Which starts on December 22nd Therefore today Is December 21st How do you guys like that As like a method For knowing what date it is
0: Perfect Better than mine
2: you nailed it. No. Accurate Mike For the first time In the history of this podcast You're <laughs> correct correct about the date so
1: that voice you heard is ben epstein the other voice you heard is our wonderful producer Varun Shankar, who's going on the show for the first time probably long overdue Varun, how are you doing happy happy beer
2: oh okay i'm glad we're, i'm glad we're making this happen i feel like folks don't know that we fuck up so much on this podcast, <laughs> and and the only reason it sounds, you know, like a pod you'd want to listen to and not destroy uh, immediately or never listen to again is because Varun makes us sound good. Mike's microphone goes out so many times a show.
1: Hey, not anymore. You not anymore. I got a good one now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Thanks again to uh, who sent that to you again, Nate Mike Duncan. Uh, Dun- Nate, Nate Duncan. Duncan so so thank you, Nate, for really helping nice our present. show up. Yeah, so anyway, uh, we have everybody here because, as I've noted, the season starts uh, on Tuesday. And every podcast does a season preview. And we know we kind of have to do a season preview show, even though we've been doing season preview shows essentially throughout we don't have enough time to do our old sort of call up every sp nation team community and do one per team so here's what we're going to do we're going to play a little game we the three of us are going to be drafting the 30 teams in the nba one to 30 uh we'll each end up with 10 we'll tally up all the regular season wins that our teams get we will then multiply i'll let Vernon explain how we're doing the playoffs and the format Whichever one of us whose 10 teams add up to the most points will be the best predictor of all this season. So that's how we're going to do it. We're going to do a little competition in show. Varun, what are the,
0: how are we handling the playoffs? So yeah, regular season, it's just a point per win. Uh, For the play-in tournament, you get two points per every win, and then you'll get four points for every playoff win. The reason we picked four points is you win 16 um you win 16 playoff games, four points, that's 64 points. So in a normal season, that would be 64 out of 72 would get you to around 73 wins. So basically, we're trying to wait winning a championship to being equal to setting the record in NBA wins. Just an incredible achievement, basically. That's the ultimate goal. So I wanted to make sure it had that gravitas behind it. Unless you had a goal
1: to say Warriors and you just win 73 right. games and not the championship.
0: 73 and what? 73 don't mean a thing without the ring.
1: That's right.
2: I mean, the best teams of our lifetime in most sports haven't won their championship. I think about the Mariners in the uh, late nineties. And I think about the uh, 16 and 0 Patriots, Um, no direct correlation, but that again, to quote another golden state warrior, there's 16 game players and there's 82 game players. So Mm -hmm. we will try to be, um, we will try to be um, forward thinking in how we select these teams. So that is to say, maybe some teams will be taking the regular season a little lighter, to hedge for the playoffs. That's something that we all have to keep in mind as we make our picks. Uh, But ultimately we did do a randomized selection here for who gets to pick one, two or three. Uh, Varun got the first pick. Mm -hmm. Freda got the third pick. That makes me the sandwich. This is going to be snake drafting. So Mike will get the third and fourth picks in this uh, just to clarify for everyone. And um, I can't think of any other additional details here other than to say, Bruin is officially on the clock.
0: All right. I'm not going to overthink this one. I'm going to pick last year's title team, the team that got better over the offseason, the team with two of the top, at worst, seven players in the NBA. The Washington Los Wizards. Los Angeles Lakers.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm, listen, I made a rule that I'm not allowed to pick the Wizards because I know I would overdraft them like crazy. Yeah, me too.
1: All right, so the Lakers. Um, are you worried that the Lakers are going to take the regular season off?
0: A little bit, which I, I, at first I was like, do I really want to make them first? And then I thought about it. And even on nights where, I mean, I'm guessing that LeBron and maybe even AD won't play almost every single back-to-back this year, they've still got, like, a lot of guys who can just carry the load on any given night against maybe a bad team, right? I'm thinking of a guy like Dennis Schroeder or Montres Harrell. I mean, these, were, these are guys who... Maybe when it comes to the playoffs, or, Ben, like you said, I, I feel like they're much more 82-game players than 16-game players, and so or I guess this year, 72. Yeah. And then in the postseason, I think they had, the at worst, the second-best offseason, or tied for first in terms of off seasons with the rest of the West. I mean, we're going to get to them later, but if you look at the other teams when I was going through this, I can think of one that maybe got better and then a couple others that either stayed the same or got worse. And I feel like the Lakers, there's no reason not to pick them as the favorites for next year's title.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's probably not worth overthinking it. I do have some weird voodoo about this team that I can't explain, but there's no reason why they're not the the favorites. Ben, your pick is where it's about to get interesting, I think.
2: Yeah, so it already gets interesting at the second pick. I I have both um, what my heart feels, right, which is to not pick – uh, against Giannis and the good faith of him staying in Milwaukee. Uh, and then there's what my brain feels, which is I just watched the Bucks get, get bounced in the playoffs uh, last year against a team with which there are like three other versions of that same team in the East, if I think about Toronto, the Celtics, and the Heat, all kind of being varieties of the same flavor that would give the Bucs trouble. Um, but... I'm a huge Drew Holiday fan. I have been for the entire time he's been in the NBA. Actually, before he was even drafted by the Sixers way back when, I was a fan of his. And so I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Bucks. I know that doesn't even feel controversial here. That is to say, I'm also hedging that Varun just picked a Western Conference team. So if I also picked a Western Conference team here, we'd already be splitting hairs about those playoff potential victories. So I'm going to go with the highest upside on the limited upside podcast here. Uh, and go with the Milwaukee Bucks, who probably are going to trounce the regular season again, if I had to guess, and move into you know at least at least four to sixteen wins in the playoffs.
0: <laughs> so, so you're talking about them trouncing the regular season? I'm kind of see. I don't know because one of the big criticisms that everyone had of Bud is that you know in the regular season he just does the same thing again and again, and then you don't experiment with styles enough that when it comes to the playoffs, you don't have that counter punch. My question is, like, do you think they're going to do that this year, or do you think that they're not going to sacrifice regular season? They're just going to try to go win sixty plus games.
2: Sure. So I think two things. I think depth uh, and lack of turnover. Like, yes, they had some roster turnover, but ultimately, really, Drew Holiday is the, the piece that's going to turn this around, and Bledsoe being uh, a, a nice player who's a part of a, a very successful regular season team for a few straight years. But the Bucks don't have a whole lot of organizational turnover here. In fact, you could argue that the biggest dark cloud hanging over their franchise that may have given them some pause in just how they go about business this year has already been removed. Um, to your point about Bud kind of changing what he does, or I don't think this is a, a world where they overuse Giannis in the regular season. In fact, I think you'd look for more from guys like Vincenzo this year to kind of take a next step up, and right. Middleton to honestly just be more consistent and, and better the entire year. There have been plenty mm. of games Mid- this
1: year. Middleton was pretty damn good last year. Pre-
2: he was, man. Yeah. He was. And I think he gets lost in the conversation because he's not a flashy star, but he he is still a secondary star in this league. And okay. uh, look, I think, I think there's plenty of reasons – why the East will be more competitive and maybe their overall win total won't be as impressive, but I still think they're gonna be the number one seed in the East.
1: Um, okay. Year. Well you made my you made my decision pretty easy, so I'm just gonna lay this out there. My two picks are the Clippers and the Brooklyn Nets. Damn mm. two, three and four on my list. Hmm. The Brooklyn Nets. I I might be a little giddy from that preseason trouncing <laughs> over the Celtics, but I think this is this team's gonna be really good. I think they're going to be real tough. I, I I have been on record on at how I think Durant will be just fine. He certainly looks like it. I have some confidence that they're already starting to figure out some of the rotation questions. Kyrie looks really good. I love Karis LeVert coming off the bench. If they could only maybe convince DeAndre Jordan that he's not that good and that Jerry Allen should start, I'd feel better. I think this season got a great title upside and I think they're going to be pretty da- damn good in the regular season too. So honestly, these two picks are pretty easy for me.
2: Yeah. Oh, the Nets for
1: me. Yes, oh, oh, go ahead, oh, okay. No, go ahead, Brent.
0: Yeah. Uh, the Nets for me, like I, I totally agree with you. I-, I mean, KD looks as good as he did before. Kyrie looks great too. Steve Nash looks like he's figuring out the coaching thing really quickly, which, you know, I was kind of worried about that with the shortened off season and all that, because, there's just an adjustment period, and especially when you're coming into a situation where mm-hmm. this is the first time. I mean, he's been like a advisor, but I don't think he's even been an assistant coach, has he? No, yeah, this is uh, yeah. He seems to be taking like the Larry
1: Bird and in Indiana approach, where he's like kind of the coach in name and gravitas, but like the yeah. he delegates most of the grunt work. It seems to make a lot of sense. Yeah. But you know, yeah. look, title upside, right? Like, yeah, no, it, undoubtedly. I mean, you look at you look at these teams out here. You're really. Is there anyone else out of besides the Nets that you would take that wasn't in the title picture last year? I mean, real title picture. I mean, you might consider them the second favorites for the title. Honestly, if you're not a Milwaukee sure. believer,
2: man. I, Mike, I feel like you just watched like a preseason football game of a second-string <laughs> running back score three touchdowns, and you picked him in the second round of the draft. Okay, I'm fine. Not sure the, For who I'm not you? sure the Nets. I'm not sure the Nets. It is my selection now, but let me just real quickly critique uh, your picks. You haven't mentioned the Clippers as to why you picked them other than just because, right? Because they're already right there and because they, yeah, yeah, I mean, likely I, they were the second best team last year, but with a number of things that went wrong with them. Is that correct? Yeah, That's really- yeah
1: I mean, I honestly, like, I'm not sure I love what they've done this offseason. I just, but, you know. Oh, really? I really liked what they did, actually. Well, let me put it this way. I think I think Ibaka is a good, really good signing, but he's kind of replacing two players, And then I think their biggest problem, ultimately, outside of sort of some of the chemistry issues, is they didn't really have a guy to get them into stuff. And they didn't have a guy as like a defensive leader. It's sort of someone to basically be like what Kyle Lowry was to Kawhi. Mm -hmm. And they didn't do anything really to get closer to that. So I feel like they may struggle with the same problems. But it's kind of hard to pick anyone else. So, you know. But Ben. You're all over my Nets pick. T- tell me who you would have picked instead of the Nets because it's your pick.
2: It is my pick. I'm picking the Celtics. I think the
1: Celtics are great. I think what we got from so the this team preseason- that just got their their ass whooped <laughs> by the in Nets a preseason- in a preseason and may and you know, like- not have Kemba Walker for a while. It doesn't have Gordon Hayward. Well, so, so this is where I kind of I-, I like the
2: kind of thinking about the the regular season versus playoff situation. If you think that Kemba Walker won't be ready for the beginning of the regular season or most of the call it first half of the regular season, it's great. Whatever. If that means Kemba's in better shape and actually able to play playoff games at his full capacity, then like success. The Celtics aren't going to miss the playoffs. Their variance is probably somewhere between two seed to no worse than six seven in the East. But ultimately, you're playing a first round matchup against a team who could you know maybe beat you uh, if you're the anything but one seed in the East and you're one of these top teams um that is also to say that like you you'd prefer to play the pacers than you would to play the sixers or raptors or something like that in the first round but the east is going to be really really difficult now with that also, in mind, it doesn't I,
0: matter at all this year
1: you also you didn't talk about miami mm-hmm. but you know there's uh, sure there. i mean uh, that goes without saying they're right in the
2: mix as well i think uh i like kemba getting there eventually and i right. uh back to the team and i also think that like we're gonna see strides this year from tatum and brown that put them in a situation where the Celtics are probably the second best team. If I can get the one and two seeds out of the East for my picks, I'll feel pretty good about yeah. my first two.
1: Year. Unfortunately, you're going to get the one in somewhere between three and seven pit seeds because I got the two seed. Who's got the Nets
2: <laughs> You think the Nets are going to be a two seed in the regular
1: I mean, I, season? Yeah. I, don't, I mean, look, nah. I, I'll put it this way. The Celtics would not have been the team I would have taken here. I'm not sure exactly do, who it would have been. It yeah. would not have been the Celtics.
2: Let's do a side bet on Celtics <laughs> versus
1: Nets regular season. Oh, um, yeah, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to take that because there's too much variance. And, you know, I, I'll, I know the Nets are going to go further than the playoffs if everyone's healthy. So well, You get you get two, uh, two picks here.
0: All so right. If, I'm going to go two teams that kind of overachieved last year, but I think they're going to do uh, similar things this year. I'm going to go with the Heat, and then I'm going to go with the Nuggets. I think – Last year with the Heat, we've they have got mostly the same team. They lost Crowder, but they brought in some pieces. I think you're going to see consistent improvement from Bam. I think you're going to see him develop even further. I think that the Avery Bradley move was kind of underrated, but I actually, he's not the guy he used to be in terms. He, he was always overrated as a defender, but I do think just on like the point of attack area, I think he's really good there. And then Spolstra. I mean, Spolstra is at worst the fourth best coach of the league. And I don't know. Now that I think about it, I don't know three names that I would take over him right now. He's incredible, and I think the Heat are going to build th- – because th- they're going to come in with kind of like a chip on their shoulder with everyone saying, was this a fluke last year? Was this a fluke? And I think they're going to come in trying to say, this wasn't a fluke. No, I think they're going to come in saying, yeah, no, this is totally
1: a yeah.
2: fluke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what we did last year in the bubble, it was really no representation of how mediocre we truly are. Um, yeah. No, no, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, look, I like those picks. That I feel like so far – Mike has taken the opposite stance of what we got from a very recent season being played out. Like, okay, the Nets are their own kind of bucket of unknown. They're a box, Mike, right? And a box can be anything.
1: Well, yeah, um, they're anything and, with like with like Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving as their yeah, yeah, yeah. Their team and right. honestly, and a lot of a deep, deep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're they are deep, yeah. Um, and so I'll take uh, this box. I don't know about you. By the way, I don't think you guys have still taken the team that I would have taken fifth. So I'm curious yeah, if Ben takes it. It's my pick, Michael. Yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> let's see. So I'm going to take the Dallas Mavericks with my next oh, pick. I need a Western Conference team. Okay. And, so, uh, so you're
1: drinking the Kool sure. Aid like I am. I, yeah, I guess so. You could say that
2: I'm just, I need a West team cause I can't have all three of my first picks be from the East for playoff purposes in this. Uh, I didn't think about
0: that. Oh man. <laughs> otherwise I'd be,
2: I'd be shorting my ability to get those playoff points in theory here. Uh, and so I'm going to take a team who I like the off season that they had. They, did they give up a few good players? Sure. Are they waiting on the variable of probably their second, their second best player in Perzingis to come back healthy. Yes, but I think Porzingis is another guy who's shown that the wear and tear of any season has been difficult on him. And so, a world where the Mavs can be solid, I think their small ball lineup is strong anyhow. And Klaver coming off the bench is a fine secondary big to have. Um, And I love Josh Richardson playing alongside of of um, of Luca. I think he's going to give him like a number of possessions to not worry, specifically on defense. But also, Richardson's got kind of like a it's a slow release and a and a weird offensive game, but he'll be an effective. 12 to 15 points next to him in a much different way than Seth Curry too. Um, and, and still have Hardaway, which you'll get more from. So I like the maps to kind of be a potential disruptor. The West is going to be really difficult. Um, there's no way around how much depth there is. I mean, we'll get to the play-in type games eventually here in those types of teams, but that could be five teams fighting for that in the West. Whereas in the East, it's probably more like two or three teams you can already kind of pencil in. So I'm going to go with the Mavs here. I like their upside potential to win at least a playoff round in this, and so, and to have not, a really good
1: regular season. It's not a limited upside potential. Uh, you know, not. I'm big on. I like. I think Mavericks are going to be very good this year. I've said that on this podcast. I just wrote a whole big thing on the newsletter on their crunch time offense. You you managed to say all the things about what makes them good and not mention Luka Doncic, which I think is telling. Um, but that still Three, wasn't right. that still wasn't the team I would have picked fifth. The team that I would have picked fifth. It's fallen right to me, and Ben, I am shocked you didn't do this. <laughs> I'm taking the Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> I
2: thought they'd still be there for me. Wow.
1: Oh. Because, because, not just because of who they have, but because of the growing possibility that they trade for James Harden. Yeah. It seems like I got some upside there on you that did. pick. that's uh, so, totally fair. And I think they have a much better fit team around them. Like, I really like their off season. So, you know, when you consider all that, uh, I think that I'm kind of stunned that the Celtics went ahead of them. But, you know, again, Celtics might be better. I just feel like the Sixers have got a lot more upside. And then I, I'm deciding between two teams with the second pick, and I'm struggling to figure out which one I'm going to take. I think I'm going to go with the Utah Jazz. Oh, I think that Mike. they – they were quite The good. biggest
2: closet Utah fan. you love Utah. So go ahead. Go
1: ahead. Yeah, no. I mean, I think they – they I like that they got Derek Favors back. And they paid him a little bit much. But I think that will really help one of their big weaknesses last year. It will be a second year for Conley. Bogdanovich will be healthy again. I think that they will pile up more regular season wins this year. I, in fact, like I, I wonder about a Utah-Denver side bet for the regular season. I, I love Denver's mm-hmm. – you know, playoff upside more uh, a little bit because of just I think Jokic is just such a great playoff player. But I don't know that that one is an interesting side bet. So I, I think Utah's a to counterbalance my Sixers high upside pick. Utah's a very steady, consistent. You probably know what they're going to do type of team. I wouldn't be surprised if they're the three seed. I mean, I love Dallas a lot too, but I, I could so I could see them being the three seed as
0: well. Okay. Are you someone yeah. who thinks that? Having Gobert as one of your, I mean, as one of your top two players, severely limits your playoff ceiling. Well, yeah,
1: but they're my they're the fourth pick of that I've taken. No,
0: and, this this isn't like to criticize a pick. I'm just asking. have right, no, no, Recently,
1: I mean, to a certain at a certain level, sure, but I'm not sure the level is like. Are we? I'm not sure the level is as high as. It may seem at this point. I don't think we should be tying. I it annoys me a little bit when we tie sort of production to you know production to money. You know, as if you could like kind of go to the grocery store and pick off like a different, a slightly better fitting Rudy Gobert to pay two hundred and twenty million to. Like it's right. not really like how the rules work. So um, I find I find this interesting because when we did our exercise
2: on top twenty twenty five players, top twenty five players in the year twenty twenty five, Mike's big negative for why. He, Joel Embiid wasn't going to be a good player to have in that particular setting well, when we did our, hold, our top on. twenty-five. Was because that, players in the NBA was because real quick, Mike was because that the game was moving away from traditional bigs. Even though Embiid's skill set is like, you know, uh, the size of a, a two by four compared to a toothpick. Here, when we talk about uh, Gobert's overall skill set, yeah, yeah, what, what, like essentially at Embiid's peak defensive capability he is just below maybe just below if not right around the same level as gobert the deficiencies are about the same Wait, I, and then offensively one is you know it, incomparable and so did, i find did it I, interesting did I
1: put rudy gobert in my top 25 in 20 in four years or did i no no, no, no this, but i'm just why saying is this relevant
2: well i'm just saying because in answering the question that room just uh, posed to you it was sort of like well we're not going to deal with this site uh, this whole you know elephant in the room which is that every time we get into the playoffs the two hundred million dollar man becomes what, all, what, you know, uh,
1: what is the elephant about? A like twenty it? cent. Well, it's just that it's your not, critiques I, I, on him be I mean he doesn't, and, doesn't and really become he doesn't really become a twenty cent. He kind of becomes more like I don't know, like a sixty million dollar man, like, well, he becomes, he becomes like
2: uh he becomes like a thousand dollar peso or something when you're in a country that doesn't take that.
1: Wait, so it's you're just telling me like, you that it, he is there's like, is, is like, currency not that completely is... useless late in the series, he's just not as effective. Sure, yeah, that's, that's I mean, totally fine. But, I mean, you're, you're basically like, What's saying your pick? So, like, the numbers don't really add up. Also, this is, what, the 10th uh, pick in the draft? So yeah, like, we're right not right. looking for a title contender with this pick. Well, I'm going to go ahead and pick a title
2: contender with my pick. Is it my turn now? Yeah, it yep. is. Cool, I'll get the Raptors. Um,
1: and, Why are uh, they a title field?
2: contender? Uh, They won the title two years ago. I I like the, I I always bet on them maturing players into being better the next season. I'm sure this year we'll find that You know, Ananobi and Boucher are in the running for like, um, not comeback, most improved player or like a friggin' third team defensive spot or something. Cause that's just what the Raptors do. Talked about great coaching. We talked about the heat I'm betting on Nick Nurse to have his team in line. And here's the other thing. All they're going to have is each other. They're going to be in a foreign land in Tampa Bay, Florida. I like the idea that they just got the, call it the uh, experience of the bubble and what it's like to be on a little Island by yourselves and that they're going to be ready to do that again. Um, and then the other, part, the other part of this, which could go, you know, in any direction, but like it's going to become more and more Fred Van Fleet's team um, with this, not just his contract, but that, the I think that in the Eastern conference, as he's proven over the last few years, at least like there really aren't, a lot of great like uh, other guard stopping guards like i i feel like every time i watch van fleet play and still lowry at this point too why not like they're still so dangerous and difficult to play against in a series the raptors will be a coin toss against anyone um, just like they were last year when they you know went seven with uh with the, was it, the, the Celtics, Celtics and, I
1: mean the yeah. Celtics point the point differential in that series was quite lopsided but well yeah it was
2: but it was still a seven game I yeah, mean because it, I
1: mean it it wouldn't it would have been three oh if OG Ananobi doesn't hit that crazy shot. Sure. Um dude you're gonna see a lot more OG Ananobi right. this year man. That's probably true. Hey do me a favor and look up um Fred Van Vliet's shooting percentage on drives
2: no no well he's little I'm not gonna look that up <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, let's see. What pick are we at now? Uh, it's
0: Robert's my pick. Team. I got back to back. I'm I'm kind of surprised this team hasn't been taken yet. I'm going with Portland. Yeah, I was that, I'm really high on Portland. That was who I was I considering
1: think, outside of Utah. It was between those two teams.
0: Yeah, I honestly think like Portland may have a higher ups like a pl- higher playoff upside than. I go with the Raptors and the Jazz. I think that their off season moves were. I mean, they they addressed, like the things that you need to address when you're them I and your defense was as bad as it was last year. They got Robert Covington, who's a good off-ball defender and who can hit down shots uh, next to Dame and CJ. They got, I mean, they have like four bigs now that you can like theoretically play good minutes. They got, they just have a bunch of pieces, and I think in a regular season where with everything that's going on with the virus and just the in, the increased toll of playing so many games in a compressed schedule, you're going to need more depth, and I feel like they have some really good depth.
1: Yeah, they, I think that's sensible. I, I like what they did this offseason. Although I am kind of amused at like when they made the conference finals, they're like, "Oh, we we cannot possibly have Alpha Camino and Mo Harkless at the forward spots. Everybody will just help off them." and shoot it from the perimeter. We can't possibly play two like kind of so, so shaky kind of non shooters there. And then after one year, they go out and sign two. So, so shaky kind of shooters to play the three in the four spot. Robert Covington, Derek Jones, Jr. I mean like they're, ba- they're younger and probably got more upside than those than Harkless and Amino just thought that was kind of funny. It's like, Oh, actually we do need these players because otherwise our defense will fall off the cliff. Um, The biggest reason they'll be in the picture again is Nurkic being healthy all year, I think. Not necessarily what they did this
0: offseason. But yeah, no, I I think it's a sensible pick there. He was great in the bubble. So, I mean, him having... Yeah, on on offense.
2: Yeah, yeah, but that's one reason you add a Covington and a Jones. You hope they're defensive upside. But again, that's to Mike's point. It's like, are they just doing reverse engineering the same team that they'd already kind of trotted
1: out? I mean, that team did um, go win 53 games and make the conference finals. So They did. For, for they the purposes did. of this uh, this draft, that, that would be pretty good for Varun. Agreed. I'll be very
0: happy with that. All right. Oh, I have another pick. I'm going to go with Phoenix. I really Not like the addition me. of CP3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like Chris Paul is just kind of like that floor raiser, you know, he just gives you like a baseline, right. That, I mean, last year's Thunder team was okay roster wise, but he really elevated them to a place that no one really considered they would be Uh Booker and Aiden are going to grow more. you got, and you've got a lot of versatility. I feel like you got Cam Johnson, you've got Jay Crowder, you've got the Bridges. Those are three guys that you could kind of play interchangeably at that three slash four spot. And I think that, Crowder especially is going to be big for them defensively along with Bridges. And I just think they're going all in for the playoffs and in a really competitive west, I really do see them kind of like that 6 seed I feel like. 6 seed or maybe a little bit higher, but yeah.
2: I like that pick. I was thinking about Phoenix with uh with my next pick. Um okay. Yeah, hard, hard to say anything negative about that. The Suns feel like they just have a lot of uh upside, uh uh what I would consider guys like I mean I think about bridges, he's falling like pieces that they selected without understanding where they would get to as a team composition right now, uh are perfect for them. Like there's there's a lot of spots right now that I think uh I think Bridges and I think Aiden guys that can make jumps forward per se that only help complement essentially the the CP three booker backcourt. Um, and look, CP 3s health. He's older. That's something that could come in. He's got a bum bon yeah. ankle right now. Who knows how real that is if it's just, you know, taking some some weight off of that. But um, yeah, look, if, if you read what happened in the bubble and you like what you saw and you believe in Booker's, uh, you know, ascendance into the top level of, of superstar in the league, then that could be probably the best value pick uh, so far that we've had. It could be a, a 40 mid 40s win regular season team.
1: It, it's with upside like, to maybe win around wait when you say yeah. mid-40s do you mean 40 out of 72 or 40 out of 82 <laughs> i know like i always yeah, yeah. yeah everything okay. i'm talking about is out of 72 yeah okay so that would correspond to like a low 50s at 82 yeah. just so That's i right. kind of understand just... calibration wise what you're talking about um correct all right do you want to since we're almost halfway through you want to take a quick break and then we'll resume the draft work productivity in this economy Yep, 2020 has already reshaped how we work. Thankfully, it's almost over, although the worst may be yet to come. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so it can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. By the way, hello guys. Quality candidate here. Anyway, unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering limited upside listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts. That means more quality candidates will see it fast, including maybe me. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Good news if you're disappointed like me that the NBA season is over. Or at least it's good news for people who, unlike me, love this sport, which appears to be the majority of this country. The wait's finally over. Football is back. For now, at least but probably for a while you might not be at a game this year but you can still be in on the action at bet online bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. bet online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division and championship futures all day, every day. There will be a winner for the NFC East, I promise. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BlueWire, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. All one word. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. All right, welcome back, Limited Upside Podcast. Mike Parada, Ben Epstein, Varun Shanker, our wonderful producer. We're playing a game. We're picking each uh, the teams one through thirty, adding up their win totals, splicing in some new rules to account for the playoffs, and trying to figure out which of us. Ends up with the most wins. So we're about halfway through the draft. We're in the fifth round. The Phoenix Suns were just taken by Varun. Now it's Ben's turn. Who you got, Ben?
2: So this is tough. I Just as you hedged that there's a potential trade where Harden could make himself available onto the Sixers roster uh, when you picked the Sixers pretty early on, I find myself looking at the Rockets right now and thinking, well, if they don't trade Harden, then this would be the best pick I could make right here. They're going to win. There'll be a playoff team. They're going to win in the, again, with a 72 game modified season. They should win in the forties, low forties, but in the forties. So I'm basically betting do, do the Rockets trade James Harden. Now he's making himself imminently tradable by being an asshole and disrespecting their brand new coach, uh, in Silas and violating, not paying
1: protocols, which are violating protocols.
2: <laughs> that's, that's right. Be not taking the pandemic seriously. Um, not being in anywhere close to, to, to game shape yet with no preseason to get yourself into that. And with only 72 regular season games. Right. And so they make me a little nervous. However, uh, this is for fun. And I'm all about fun, so I'm gonna take the Pelicans um, because Ooh, I just like I
1: just like them more. New Orleans. Uh, oh, see, I, I, that I'm was a, like a sleeper pick I was thinking about. So yeah. damn. Oh no, did I just do something right? Uh, so so I like the Pelicans. <laughs> I actually
2: think the Pelicans and Suns are gonna be a lot closer in the standings than I think the preseason prognostication world has put them. I think we don't really we haven't really seen uh, what the Pelicans' potential is yet. Uh, and I think, a, a um, you know, an, an un, have, I'm not sure the right term is, but a, an unleashed Zion plus, again, a coach who might ma- actually maximize what they do. Um, Ingram continues to take strides forward. Lonzo continues to get better as well. Bledsoe, you know, was maybe overrated in the sense that he wasn't going to be the next uh, third star on the Bucks, But as the fourth guy to be athletic and be a bit of a veteran presence uh, playing alongside uh, the complimentary pieces in New Orleans, I, I like New Orleans. Plus, I, I want to root for Stan Van Gundy and Zion and Ingram, and uh, and I, I'm going to go with uh, Stephen Adams. Like, I just think there's like there's a good mix there that if tapped into correctly, they could be a team in the low 40s being in that 7-8 range as well. So I'm going to go with the Pels. It
1: would nice if they had somebody who could shoot the ball, but other than <laughs> JJ Reddick. JJ Reddick. <laughs> <JJ Redick. laughs> somebody who could shoot – let me amend that. Someone who could shoot the ball and not get – be a turnstile on defense <laughs> uh no i think the pel i think the pelicans are gonna surprise some people this year i kind of agree with that other you just said cool. i you know they're pretty deep i think stan's gonna get a lot more out of them than uh than alvin gentry did i think the mix is kind of interesting so all right so one of my picks is relatively easy and pretty safe i think in, i'm gonna take the pacers you know, I don't. I know that. I just think that they're like kind of. You can pretty much pencil them in for a playoff spot. So that seems like a pretty safe pick. Uh, after that,
0: are you worried about the Pacers like with the new coach? No, I think they might make them
1: better. Actually, Why oh, Really? Oh, okay. I don't know. I mean, I think if there was one criticism of Indiana's approach or Nate McMillan is that what they were doing was sort of a little simple, um, effective, but I think a little simple. I think they may, you know, have too many long two point shots. You know, too many kind of one play option plays, and it was something that I know a number of uh, our smarter coach friends was were talking about. I think they may be a little bit more dynamic this year. Um, I think having some bonus all year will be nice. Uh, it will be interesting to see how Oladipo is. Uh, you would think that someone's getting traded off that team, but. Yeah, you know, teams have a lot of talent. I mean, like I think there's just as much of a chance that they're not they're ahead of Toronto than they are behind. Or maybe what? not just as much, but there's a chance. Um I'm a little low on Toronto this year, as you can tell. Um on the second team though is gonna be a tricky one.
2: You should use them to hedge your Sixers. That's literally the only move you should make. You, <laughs> no, to, I'm actually I'm not not to be like a gambler here, but like Yeah.
1: <laughs> I um so I'm not the I'm not a huge believer in this team in the abstract, but I'm gonna make another upside pick here and I'm gonna pick the Warriors. Okay. Yeah. You've been so down on the Warriors. I know I <laughs> know, I know, I know. This is not a i i this is not like a if I were just taking like a team like if it was just regular season wins, I think I would not take them. But I just think the upside is kinda high here. Uh, I think they'll be quite good defensively, and if they can defend and run, that'll get them some wins. I, I do have a lot of questions about the the supporting cast around Steph. I just think there's not a lot of shooting. I think they're asking way too much of him. But at this stage in the draft, I think it's a, it's an upside pick.
0: Sam and Andy are going to be happy over at Lightyear, so. Yeah. But yeah, um, I mean, I guess you're really hoping that Wiseman is a contributor from day one, right?
1: That and then just that Steph is, like, kind of recharged and he doesn't get hurt. And if you have Steph Curry, uh, you can win a lot of games in the regular season just because he gets you so much. I mean, the big questions I have is, I, I mean, I'm, some it's a newsletter topic I'm thinking about, so I don't want to kind of spoil it too much. But, you know, they it's one thing to have guys who can hit a spot up three when they're open, but they don't really have, like, kind of, without Klay Thompson, they don't really have guys that are, like, great movement three-point shooters, guys who can kind of loop up from the line and hit a semi-contested three when the close really fast and they have to kind of have their mechanics really straight like they don't really have anyone like that they've got a lot of sort of corner-ish three-point shooters your Wiggins is your Uber your Kent Bazemore's uh I was gonna say,
2: how much how much of this is predicated upon like I mean it, it could be because just where we're at right now in this draft format that we're doing on this podcast but do you think Wiggins and Ubre have levels that they're going to get to that make this a playoff team. I mean, is it weird to think about the Warriors as a in that play-in situation? Which again, for the format we have, might be fun um, to know that you can get some bonus points right. from being in the play-in games. But like, is
1: that their ceiling play-in game? Oh no, I think their ceiling play-in is team? higher. But I mean, they're now the ninth West team that's off the board. So I mean, yeah, yeah. I think that's sort of yeah. that sort it of answers your own question, really. Yeah, I mean, you're an Oubre guy, both of you guys. You're both
2: Wizards fans who probably wanted to see Oubre's career a little longer than, than you got to. I mean, I feel like he's a piece that could be an important part of a, of a really good team, but maybe his contract and where he sits in the hierarchy in his own head uh, of a team doesn't necessarily fit. Is that accurate?
1: Mm. I mean, I think I, I I'm more of a like kind
0: of don't trade him for the corpse of Trevor Ariza guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know what? Yeah. I was going back and when because I was looking at Bogdanovich <clears throat> and. The contract he, uh, the choice at the Wizards. Uh, you know what? This is a total. Uh, You're talking uh, about Boy- Boyan Bogdanovich. Yeah, B- Boyan making the choice for Boyan Bogdanovich and choosing Otto Porter for like three times as much money over him is m- one of the worst decisions of the Ernie Grunfeld era. In you registrar. know, I
1: I can't I can't criticize too much because I was very much on the other side of it at the time, and I don't want to be seen. <laughs> I, I feel like it's not fair if like kind of I'm like oh. Wow, what a stupid decision that I totally would have made. Um, I remember. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm just seeing like was, like in hindsight. Yeah, my critique was I should have given Otto five years, and look how that's turned out. So sometimes we're <laughs> wrong. Um, what can I say? Uh, no, I think he'll, I think actually he's a really good fit for the Warriors. I think the issue is him and Wiggins. You know, if they had someone other than Wiggins there, I, I mean, Ubre can guard point guards too, and that take that off Steph's hands. And Steph's been playing really. St- active defense in the preseason but i kind of like the dynamic of for their defensive dynamic where they can put uber onto those quicker guys i think it's something that the wizards and the Suns didn't do enough of Uh, and he has the potential i think to improve as a shooter on the move uh it's the wiggins thing that i'm a little less up on just because I think he'll be a little underqualified for the stretch role that he'll need to play. But, you know, is a decent fit. would like it a lot better if it was, like, Steph Clay and Kelly Oubre and then just Andrew yeah. Williams was out of there. Uh, but, you know, it, it, this is an upside value because I'm not sure if I did 1 through 15 that I have the Warriors as the ninth best team, but this is sort of a hedge against myself.
2: Okay. Um, I you're up. This makes it my turn. Um, okay, so... I guess part of my thinking here is if the Rockets do trade Harden, the most likely scenario would be the Sixers or, or a package of uh, players from any other team that would be pretty decent, decent enough that when added to what they currently have, they'd still be a pretty good basketball team. Assuming that Harden doesn't get traded before the season, they're going to probably win a good amount of games by having, The core they have together, uh, Harden Wall and – well, what's his name. Uh, Wood, Christian Wood. So
1: Boogie. Yeah, and Boogie. I can't forget about Boogie Cousins. Tucker and Eric Gordon, they still have them. Yeah, and What a a, a bizarre uh, team. You're taking the Rockets, right? Are you taking the Rockets? So I'm going to take the Rockets. Okay. This is going to be one of the strangest teams. I just think they're going to be kind of like alternatively a joy and – totally depressing mm-hmm. at the same time
2: what? it's gonna and be like, such a like strange
1: team
2: yeah I, I, I yeah they are gonna be strange there's no way around it there's very few because of um because of Giannis signing his contract like what are the what are the non-basketball uh narratives right now like in the nba like how many are there? there there's some comeback player oh, stuff. Oh no! Like
1: what? How terrible!
2: <laughs> there, well, I'm saying there's like comeback <laughs> things like Wall and Steph and KD and players we haven't seen in a couple of years coming back from injury. Those are things you root for. And then there's kind of just like the um, uh, whatever the right German. Word potential.
0: Is.
1: The the meme yeah. team, the meme team. Yeah, <laughs> or like
2: the exactly. That's, that's exactly right. right. And They'll so the, the meme Rockets team. kind of. The Rockets could also be at the same time good record wise and still hate each other and hate playing together slash like harden might not make it easy for them to want to stick yeah. together. I'm gonna go with the Rockets though.
1: So. Okay. I just a okay. strange what a bizarre season they're about to have. I think that we're gonna go on like six different rides this year with that team.
0: Probably. But yeah, you're but, also betting that if they do trade Harden, they might get some really, like a really good piece back Ben Simmons, yeah. And yeah. Even in that case, uh, na- okay. see that na- now we're down to a bunch of options that don't really seem appealing. I'm going to go with the Hawks. Oh, I have two picks. OK, I'm going to go with the Hawks and the Wizards then, because I think okay. they're right about the same area. Kind of similar in terms of all offense and a question mark at best on defense.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm a little down on Atlanta. I think a lot of people are a little more excited about them. I think the Wizards are like just basically scream five hundred team like they just that's just like basically, I, I mentioned this on a pod that I did with Fred Katz of the Athletic, but I think I'm listening to it right after this. Yeah, it just got up on my notifications. Oh, did it did it just go live? Okay, um, I think Westbrook having Westbrook in a season like this may give them a couple more wins than they deserve because. He doesn't need the crowd to generate his own energy. He's so regimented. And these are qualities, of course, that are the double-edged sword of Russell Westbrook. But in a season like this, I think that may actually help them a little bit more. Um, but maybe I'm just sort of talking myself
0: into them a little bit. Was- oh, because you, you definitely saw it like in, in, in that last like preseason game they played. He played for, what, like the first half? And like there was a d- definite difference in their energy when he was there and when he wasn't there.
1: I mean, it was very chaotic. I mean, it was, it was, it, it, it goes on both ways. Like that right. game was just like so wild, weird, up and down. I don't know. I just think, I mean, again, what's well, the difference between going 38 and 34 and 34 and 38 in the grand scheme of things? But I think that Westbrook might tilt the scales that direction.
0: And I think there's just the best like star potential left with Beal. I think out of the teams that are left.
1: Well, I, I may disagree with that one, but for a different reason. Uh-huh. We'll see if Ben goes. Ben does what I think he'll he will do with this pick.
2: I'm gonna go with the Memphis Grizzlies. Yes, there we go. <laughs> um, is that what you were thinking, Mike?
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. have you watched John Morant this preseason?
2: Yeah, man, he he Oof. looks. I know. I know. We always use that term, like he added five pounds of muscle, but like he does look a little bit stronger, and he is out of this world athletic, man. And his decision, he the pace, man, the the way that he makes the game go at John ja Morant's speed. It's like there's nine guys playing basketball with John ja Morant, if that it,
1: makes sense. It is wild how good he he looks athletically, because the problem with him. Always was that his body was too slight biomechanically to take all his athletic gifts. So he would just sort of get in the air and he'd twist all over the place and there'd be a huge injury risk. He's really put on a lot of core strength. You can tell his oh, landings good. are better, his sh- cuts are even sharper. I There's a possibility that, like, I know Memphis as a team doesn't really overwhelm, they didn't really have like this huge crazy off season. I think a lot of people thought that they overperformed last year, but there's a chance that we are just like missing this and this is a team that should really belong in the top two, higher up, way higher up than we have them. Um so I think that that puts me in a tough spot cuz that was clearly the team that
0: I wanted. Jaren's yeah. gonna be out though for like a month, right?
1: Yeah. So Jaren
2: Jackson's health is is certainly a question mark. Although I think they proved that Clark is a I'm not know?
1: just a replacement, but like right. a good a, yeah. Sorry. How much do you Go need? On. How much do they need him? Yeah, I was going to make the same point because the other yeah. thing they can do is they can play Kyle Anderson at the four and play more De'Anthony Melton, which is probably better for them too. You know, Melton was plus minus god last year so
2: he, he looks great next to to jaw as well he kind of again a lot of what richardson and luca do i know it's totally different but like when you can have your complimentary guard fill in the gaps for your uh you know call your a plus player um I, I think that makes a lot of sense i just i don't know there's just some kind of good um there's good vibes i know that's like a stupid thing to say it's not even it's not analytics it's not even eye test i just feel like there's a lot of positivity coming from uh from what we see in Memphis. So I'm going to go, I'll go with Memphis there. And then that leaves, um, at least Prater for two. And we have, this will be the seventh and eighth rounds here. Meaning we are almost at the end of this experiment. So go ahead, Mike.
1: We don't got a whole lot of good options anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, let's see who is even left. Um, this is where it actually gets interesting. I think I'm going to, this is where you can make or break the draft
0: right here. If you pick if you hit on one team here, that could be it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh I'm going to take San Antonio. I don't feel great about it, but I feel like <laughs> you know that team's going to going <laughs> to perform in the regular season as they always do. <sighs> and then
0: I... could come in and contribute right away maybe. Yeah, he looks good And I think he's a really good fit
1: For the way they play Um,
0: He's the kind of guy That can come in day one too Just because of the things that he does well Which is defense and he shoots If his form isn't as weird as it was in that one clip
1: yeah and he feels a need for them too that's something they didn't really have you know another year of Murray off the ACL, uh, which could be a really positive thing. Lottie Walker, I think coming into the rotation is really interesting now that Bryn Forbes is there they have
0: some more room to play him uh, you know I like, it, I like Lottie Walker. Yep. yeah and then Eric White they have a lot of pieces that are just kind of in- interesting. Keldon Johnson
2: they all play the same position. Yeah, like, that's <laughs> that's kind of a problem. So is uh,
1: that, yeah. Yep. All right, next pick. Do I want to pull the trigger on this team this early? I early. want to.
2: <laughs> after this, Mike, you you have you have two picks left after this. So, like, if yeah. if this is early, then I don't know what you got left.
1: Charlotte Hornets. Oh, okay. Okay. Charlotte it feels Hornets. Like the right
2: time for them to come off the board.
1: Charlotte yeah. Hornets. Um, I think that they, you know, they've got good players. If Hayward's finger injury isn't that big a thing, Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier in the backcourt. We've seen what Lamelo has done. Uh, I think that the highlights look a little better than what we actually are getting um, there. But you know, they also have I, some guys to watch up there. I think PJ Washington has a chance to be really yeah. good uh, as a four-five sort of regular four-small five to close He's games. Walking type in to of. to pull player. up
2: threes. Yeah. You know, this, so I mean, there's, there's a lot to like about Washington. Also like think about the second year leap that that band made, um, you know, your Kentucky guys have these weird aptitude layers that seem like
1: mm-hmm.
2: that. They they're never in the right role in college. And then they kind of find themselves in year two, three in the NBA where you're like, wow, that's a, a really plus player. I think PJ Washington's probably, if I had to say, I think he'll probably lead the team in rebounds and be second in points this year.
1: Yeah, I think he, he looks quite good, and I, I think you yeah, got the the Devontae, Graham Terry Rozier backcourt. I think is promising. Uh, again, if Hayward is healthy, he'll raise their floor. I would not be surprised if Charlotte finishes the better record than Atlanta. I'm not predicting it, but I wouldn't be surprised.
2: Well, let's just call it then. So then your your teams in the play in playoffs in the East right now. Do you think it's the Wizards, Hawks, Charlotte? Like, what's the what's the mix of teams there, Mike?
1: Those three. Um, I don't know. What the what the wait and see <laughs> as This podcast goes on. Who the other one? Is, is. it my pick
2: now? Then I'll yes. take I'll take the I'll take uh, will take the uh, the Magic. Um, okay. The Magic the Magic are going to be uh, lose in the first round if they make the playoffs or lose in the play in, and there'll be something like thirty to thirty-seven wins, or something like that. Um, I feel confident that the Magic are an oddly tough team to play. That they now have a couple years of experience of making the playoffs, albeit as a below five hundred team. I think Vucevic has kind of become like it's weird when when the Sixers had drafted him way back when. You know there was a lot to like about his offensive game. He's basically become the perfect offensive center for 2020 basketball. I mean, he's going to still shoot a high percentage from three. They could trade Aaron Gordon this year. We'll see. He looks like to be like one of the trade exemption players that maybe Boston would target. Um, and so, you know, we'll have to see if he stays, but like, look, if, if uh, Anthony and uh, that's Greg, Anthony's son, call Anthony and, and faults can take small chunks of time uh, with Fournier, uh, who's always kind of like a, not a spectacular player, but does a good job. Ross is another guy who like similarly can get buckets. They're going to find themselves right in the mix, not as flashy per se um, or as topical as maybe the Hornets or Hawks or even Wizards at this point, but probably just about the same. If I had to guess, all those teams are going to be right around two, three games max of each other in the total standings. So that'll be my pick for the magic.
1: No Jonathan Isaac this year.
2: Yeah. He's out for the whole year. We're Patella made in the bubble, in the bubble. Yeah, for sure. And his, his arc of being this like uber talented, still growing. Like when you tear your patella and your growth plates haven't fully closed yet, which is my understanding with Jonathan Isaac, who seems to be growing or was growing even in the last season makes the injury shitty. It makes it harder. Um, yeah. you know, your biomechanics are, are fluctuating as you are trying to, to heal your tendons. Um, you no, know, Jonathan Isaac's a bummer for sure. Maybe, um, you know, maybe we'll see more consequently from their guard lineups um, because it's not they don't have size. Like they've got,
1: some bigs on that team. Maybe. I'm, I'm pretty um, down anyhow. on this year. That That's not the team I would have put
0: in the play in. But we'll see. I think I might have the uh, team that you were going to put in the play in. It's my pick, right?
1: Yes. Yep, you get two.
0: I'm going to go with the Bulls. Yep. I'm going to go with the Timberwolves because I think the Bulls are going to get a huge uh, boost just in terms of competency with coaching.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah the anti-boiling boost. Yep, that's the team that yeah. would have in, had in the mix.
0: Just like I think it was, uh, they're back. Uh, Daniel Gafford was talking about, yeah, we're not doing crazy stuff on defense anymore. It's like, yeah, like you're just doing a normal drop scheme now. And offensively, you're going to have more competence. You see stuff like Markinen's doing some stuff. I mean, Markinen, I don't think he's very good, but I think he's gonna he. If this is a the year, then the, if he's gonna do anything, this is the year. I like Kobe White maybe a little bit more than I should. I think Zach Levine's gonna put up points. And I think that they can. Take games off a lot of worse teams, and I think that they have some talent there. I, I like Patrick Williams a lot, also. Yeah, that
1: that's a pretty good, pretty talented roster, all things considering. Um, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, and I think and the Timberwolves same
1: thing, talent. Yeah, I mean, I'm down on Minnesota, but I understand why he took him here. No. One thing about Minnesota that I think I don't know if this is going to be. It's hard to say how this will affect things but it's something that's been in my head so i might as well say it out loud i do wonder what we're going to get from carl anthony towns this year after yeah. just the brutal year he's had you know it would be totally understandable i think if his heads not all the way there this year and i i would yeah. it'd be very human and yeah. if, his, if he's if that's affecting his play which i think it should and it'd be no shame if it did but i think that will that will affect the timberwolves obviously
2: I mean, like, I, I can tell you, uh, both of you and listeners, like as someone who has not had the full experience that, uh, you know, that Carl anthony Towns has in terms of multiple family members being lost. But, you know, I went through this similarly with my father who passed away from COVID this year. And mm-hmm. the way that you push yourself into the spaces of comfort um, and allow for more people to be in that space is something that I think will help Carl Anthony Towns. I think he'll find himself more available to his teammates, more available uh, to his coaching staff in places where he can sink in and, and honestly control what's going on. Um, because so much of what happens when you go through and, and like, you know, we all have had, it's just, you know, Mike, you and I can have had lots of hearts to hearts um, when it comes to these types of things and the ability to, to access what you can control, to confide in others who can help you that goes hand in hand in sports too. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm curious to see if this doesn't galvanize the team uh, in a way that, you know, maybe they, they need it with a lot of new pieces and a lot of players who you know, look, you know, Anthony Edwards, um, Marco, Marco Rubio, right? Yeah. I said, Marco.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> um, I know that's where my head's at uh,
1: in terms of politics. Yeah, he kinda, he but kinda, he kind of he kind of he kind of tends yeah. to flip flop between starter and the bench. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. So, but yes, yeah, so Ricky Rubio and, and just in general, like I, I'm curious. The that's a team that has like talent. Like I yeah. say,
1: they have they have names. talented players. They have names. I'm yeah. not I'm not a D'Angelo Russell fan. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's I know you're part, not. Yeah, no. I'm. A part like, of there's it. a reason he's been on watch. Much- four teams
2: now or whatever it is three three teams one two four teams yeah four
1: teams
2: four yeah four four teams and he's 22 years old um so
1: um
2: that that is uh okay interesting um makes it my pick i believe Mm -hmm. uh and there's only great options left here as we are now (laughs) as we're now and there's what one two five total picks left so these are teams that we do not think Uh, are going to be playoff caliber teams um, looking at the bottom of the bottom of the barrel. So I'm going to pick between two teams. uh, uh, Fuck it. The Thunder don't want to win, but they also (laughs) don't, they also, it doesn't hurt them to win because they have so many other teams picks Um, and that the, the, you know, the flattened out uh, lottery, the Kings always suck. So you can guarantee that they're not going to be good. They also have a million issues right now when it comes to the way the rosters put together, they might have one of the worst head coaches in the NBA. Who we just kind of haven't said it out loud enough yet, but he seems to have no control over both his locker room and the style of play that he wants. Talking to about Luke,
1: Luke Walton. I'm
2: talking about Luke Walton there, Buddy heal could be a trade candidate again, whenever he decide, or whenever they decide to, to make good on all of his public social announcements about wanting to be traded, and liking trade rumors and shit on, uh, on Twitter and whatnot. Um, I'm gonna go with the thunder. I'm gonna go with the thunder, okay, uh, over the Kings. I, part of this is just like uh, as uh, uh, thinking to myself, this is a team last year that probably showed more upside than people thought, and, and ultimately, I believe the advanced analytics thought they were going to be a, like a middling playoff team last year preseason, uh, and then they were. Which um, which they, advanced analytics? Yeah. Yeah, if you go to 538's projections last year, okay, it sorry. had the Thunder basically being the exact record that they turned out. With. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. now there's things to like about young players on their team, the opportunity for them to train. Like look, in a 72 game season, effort's going to go a long way in the regular season. So, I don't see there being any reason for these guys. They're playing to be a part of the future of the Thunder as well in some cases. So I'm going to I'm going to go with the Thunder over the Kings here, but ultimately just so we can refresh for everyone at home, the teams that are still available with the Thunder going off the board to me are the Pistons, Cavaliers, Knicks, and Kings. I believe. All
1: right. You know, so uh, just because uh, the East, you never know what could happen at the bottom. I think it's prudent to pick two East teams here. So I'm going to take the Knicks and the Pistons. Okay.
0: I think uh, those would have been the East team that I would have taken. Wow.
1: I'm not. I'm not. I'm not with Cleveland. I know. Uh, I just. I just think that teams. A I, I really don't like Colin Sexton. I really don't like Andre Drummond. I'm, not, I'm just not really with them. I think there's more of a chance that Thibodeau Thibodeau's his way to like kind of a decent record than the Cavs make the play in. And Thibodeau gets like
2: every bit of his young players this <laughs> year, so that they can no longer play when they're 27 years old. But yeah, they just 30 years. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty I'm much. Cool you know, so oh, yeah. that's where I'm going. Yeah. My head's there. I guess that means Uh, what, Ben? Are you taking Cleveland or Sacramento?
2: I'll take the Kings then. I know I just shit on them, but I think they're still going to be probably like six, seven games better than than the Cavs. I think the Cavs, Knicks, and Pistons are going to be the three worst teams in the NBA record-wise this year.
1: Okay. I think the Thunder are going to be the worst team in the league, but we will see.
0: That means I get the Cavs. I I get to root for Isaac Okoro next year. He looks good. I, <laughs> he looks really did. good. He, if the entire team played like
1: Alex uh, Okoro and Chetty Osmond, I'd like them a whole lot more. <laughs> Those are two I, I, as like a three I, and a four combo forwards. It, I think that's pretty cool. I like that. I like that. The
0: guards. I don't know. The Kevin Love under Drummond. <laughs> I just feel like they have some like pieces between Sexton, who might be a bit of a chucker rather than like an actual good NBA player, but Garland. I think they might just win a couple more games than expected. And at this point, it's all about upside here on the Limit Outside podcast. That's right. Good plug.
1: All right. Do okay. you want to run through uh, who we all have uh, just for the listeners?
2: Yeah. Sure. Well, hey, why don't we just each do our team? So, Varun, tell us, tell, tell us your 10 right now. Who do you got? All
0: right. I've got the Lakers, the Heat, the Nuggets, the Trailblazers, the Suns, the Hawks, the Wizards, the Bulls, the Timberwolves, and the Cavaliers. So how many west, like how many
1: that. east? I'm looking at the split. One, two, three. One, two, three, four. Oh, it's an even 5-5. Five, five. Oh, perfect.
2: I think I went four east, six west. I have the Bucks, Celtics, Mavs, Raptors, Pelicans, Rockets, Grizzlies, Magic, Thunder, and the Kangs.
1: In order, yeah, your four east are Bucks, Celtics, Raptors, and Magic, and then you just went all west the rest of the time. So that means I must—that means I had to have gone six east, four west. I've got the Clippers, the Nets, the 76ers, the Jazz, the Pacers, the Warriors, the Spurs, the Hornets, the Pistons,
0: and the Knicks.
1: Remind, Varun, remind folks what the rules you know. are.
0: All right. So, uh at the end of the season we'll ca- we'll count up the total number of regular season wins. So, you get a point per regular season win. You get 2 points for every play-in tournament win, and then you get 4 points for every playoff win.
2: Well, I, I think looking at this objectively, obviously. Only way to look at <laughs> this is objectively. I think I think I think Mike has four to five playoff teams. Uh Max Max and his
1: um, I count ten I think, playoff
0: teams for me, I'm sorry.
1: Um, yeah, I'm yeah me too. I count ten playoff teams. don't oh, know what you're talking about. You know, maybe maybe if you include the playing game, you get to ten. I I wanted, I think it's funny too, because uh Wait, what four what what the are they talking about?
2: <laughs> look look, your playoff teams are the Clippers, Nets, Sixers, and Jazz, and then there's a chance the Pacers make it. There's your
1: there's your team. The Pacers um, are so, like the fifth best team by far, and like did they have the same team. Why would they not be in the playoffs? <laughs> Well, come on, we we can count off. The Pacers will be the seven
2: seed in the East.
1: Well, who's six seed?
2: I don't know. One of either the the Heat or Sixers or Celtics or Raptors or Nets.
1: That's five teams. There you go.
2: And the Bucks are one. Boom. So there you go. That's. <laughs> uh, Anyhow, anyway, you know, yeah, I, I think it's funny, broom. You might not know this, but one of the foundations of uh, Mike and I of our friendship, aside from just kind of standing next to each other in a in a subway car at a holiday party, like I don't know. Many many years ago now, because we both were at Vox Media at the time, and Mike had just moved up to New York. But one of the foundations is we did a playoff pick'em where we had to pick our our playoffs. Uh, who won that year? Was that Heat over Spurs? I want to say maybe 2014. That? yeah, that yeah. Been, yeah, yeah, that's right. So that 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 to date us back. And uh, and actually, you know, tip of the cap to myself, but I I beat Mike, and I think I got a lot of respect from Mike uh, from that. And that's why we got to do this uh, this podcast here where. My opinion would be, uh, would be, um, would be welcomed.
1: So, so listeners, what Ben is saying is that (laughs) I was scouting out potential podcast hosts. I put, I made them all pick the 2014 playoffs, (laughs) and Ben did best. Therefore, he's the host. So, Mike gave
2: me a rose at the end, and I (laughs) won.
0: Um, listen, I've told you guys, but like one of the first NBA podcasts I listened to was the original limited upside podcast back at Vox when it was you guys doing like the te- I remember you guys did a team preview for every team. And I, I remember I-, I very much enjoyed it. So it's very good and, cool and on it.
2: I say, and here we are replacing, yeah. uh, replacing that exercise with this particular episode. And you are our guest and obviously a major part of this uh, triumphant year. So mm.
1: so appreciate by the way, ben, all,
2: all you do for us, bud.
1: Yep, Ben, when you talk about how I only have five, Maybe four playoff teams. I think there's a chance I have three title contenders. So I don't think that's better than anyone else. We have the Sixers.
2: Um, no, you 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 do have three title contenders, and I think
1: I have two one, and a half. No, what, what's the second? You have one. Well, I think you guys, I think the but, Celtics are a title contender.
0: You two both have one, and I have three. I don't think. The but Celtics I, are I a first title off, game. I have the best shot to win the title, and I, I think the Heat are still a, a title contender. Mm,
2: maybe. Yeah, I mean we're, yeah, we're obviously right, all so. bullshitting each other. But right, <laughs>
1: yeah. you guys I, both like, have one and a half, and I have three. Like for Mike to consider the Sixers a
2: title contender, and here I am. Congrats, Mike! Well, you did it. You got I'm me assuming, to argue for I'm the was, Celtics
1: against the Sixers. I'm saying but, if they make the Harden trade, that so, the, so make it two and a half. Okay.
2: Okay. All right, and when let's just. Let's, Flash forward to when, like, LaMarcus Aldridge is playing on the Celtics and a part of their, uh, you know, oh. their playoff roster. Oh, no, and I'm all... so
1: scared of LaMarcus Aldridge joining no, the Celtics. And that might totally change the title picture.
2: Oh, God, I wish, we, I wish we had a Celtics super fan, which, like, 80% of the NBA Twitter world is, so they can come on here and, and give Mike a talking to about his downplaying of, of the Celtics. But, but nonetheless, nonetheless, I, we'll have to see how this all plays out. The numbers will not lie at the end of the day. Uh, I'm happy. I'll tell you the two teams I'm most excited to root for uh, are for me, at least are the Pelicans and Grizzlies. And I'm hoping they get to play each other yeah. in some playoff games to get me some extra points. So it's good to have teams you want to root for also players you want to root for. Um, if, if I made a, yeah, but you also, mean, we Rockets, can do this.
1: So you have to root for them.
2: I can't wait. the the best. I'll be rooting for all of the explosive uh, off the court and and on the court synergy you can get from them. But uh, anyhow, this is uh, this is a good and fun exercise. We'll see how it all plays out because the season is starting in two days tomorrow. Actually, yeah. yeah one day. So yeah, one day, and then the and then the full slate of games uh, is on is on Wednesday. So what what are the two we got? What uh, Warriors Nets tomorrow, and what's the other one?
1: The uh, Battle of L.A. Ah, that's right, Battle of L.A. Great um where is that going to be a phone i'm really excited for that one actually
2: yeah yeah it's almost like the nba schedule makers know what they're doing those, yeah. those savvy guys uh, um but cool this was a lot of fun um everyone check out Bruin. you are leading the beat on maryland women's basketball
0: is that correct that's correct i'm uh the beat writer for the diamondback you can find me at twitter at uh by rune shunker so Check me out there. I tweet a lot and often about things that don't matter. So that's nice.
1: Nice, <laughs> what, just, just a, like sales, me. What a sales pitch! <laughs> 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 um, a but c- no, the Diamondback has produced many great reporters. So this is—they're really legit. And to get that beat in as a freshman is quite impressive because they're quite good. It's not a beat that you just yeah. hand out. No, really that's either. not like that's not like how I got the fencing beat for like two years when I worked at my college <laughs> paper. And they're like
2: 14 the
0: in the country right now.
2: Yeah, nice. There
0: you
2: go. Well, hoping that uh, college and NBA, um, both men and women in college and then the NBA itself, and then eventually the WNBA are able to have seasons, um, successful, non-COVID, shortened, stopped, whatever. We're already at 72 games. I have confidence that the NBA will be at the forefront of vaccinations once that is more of a thing that the the call it, general public has its hands on or is you know able to be purchased. So we'll keep our, our ears to the, to the ground when it comes to the, the science meeting the league in the middle um, to hopefully have a full season. But as of now, I believe nine teams are having fans, maybe 10, but I think it's nine I think it's,
1: teams I think are it's having fewer now. Actually. I think so. Is <laughs> it good? I Thank really. God. Um, I think that
2: like the Grizzlies pulled back. I thought they did. Okay, cool. Well, I know Tennessee is having an unmitigated spike. Like most places are, but, um, Anyhow, I'm hoping that uh, that the other th- other part of this, I should say, is that the in-game experience. I watched the um, the first Sixers preseason game. Uh, they did a really good job, and sort of the Pacers actually in Indiana of the sound being um, you know the right type of mimic that the atmosphere is still within the arena. Um, at least something that the players can feel comfortable in. Um, you know, creating a flow and, and a sound and atmosphere that you know it's never going to be the real thing, but that it comes close. Uh, and hopefully. You know, hopefully, what we'll see. I have a whole theory about how good teams, good teams, are going to be really good this year because there's such there's less, less variance about road games and and refs being swayed. However, having just listened to um, the whistleblower podcast, which is awesome, and everyone should go check that out too. It's not on Blue Wire, but it's just really good. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't. I have no NBA refs are such scoundrels, um, and so I think that not having fans there, being able to hear everything, is going to actually take down on the bullshit that you're going to get from these uh, compromised referees in the NBA. But that's uh, neither here nor there. Okay. Yeah, you should listen uh, to
0: the. I went to a. <laughs> I covered uh, one of the Maryland games in person, and they were pumping in the crowd noise. It's really weird. It's, it, it, it's, it's incredibly like, it's like disconcerting in a way. Like I kept looking around and it, it doesn't feel real, but it's also, it, it's just very strange in a lot of ways.
2: Damn. I'd be curious. And, and maybe you already are on this, but like, what are the players saying? Like what, what, when you ask about sort of like, how does that, how does it feel to be playing in front of fake, fake noise? Essentially. I,
0: I, I remember the coach was just talking about like, we have to create our own intensity. It was mostly like coach yeah. speak, but there was a kid wrote an article because they're doing like the cutouts. And one, one kid wrote an article about what the effect of the cutouts is. And it's it's just, I don't know. It's got to be incredibly weird. I can't even and, imagine. Yeah. And
1: to your point about the acoustics, Ben, in the Sixes Arena, I could hear Ben Simmons' Brooks real, real well. <laughs> <laughs> they did a good job with the rim acoustics there. Uh, anyway, this has been the Limited Upside Podcast.